0: Yes, Lord.
1: Let's pray before we get started. Lord, thank you so much for this day and thank you for this time together, Lord. We ask that you uh, just uh, be with us today as we go through your word. Lord, just uh, help us as we navigate through your instruction here, Lord, and Lord, just fill us with your Holy Spirit, and just thank you again for letting us to be here to, to serve in your name, in Jesus' name, amen. Alright, if you got your Bible out, turn to Romans 15, we went through 14 last week, I might need to go down just a little bit. Hello, hello. That's better. I don't hear it ringing anymore. So, um, but turn to 15, and we're only going to go through 13 verses today. And last week, we, we were talking in 14. We were talking about um, the church arguing amongst itself over things that aren't uh, that um, are disputables things that are the gray areas of life and people with uh, liberty and people with legalism and how we're supposed to react together and ultimately at the end of that message we came to the idea that we're supposed to be in unity and that love is supposed to outweigh everything that we should accept each other and we should love each other even in those things. So today we're going to 15 and I want you to think. In that same fault uh, of fourteen, when the church looks and acts as it's supposed to, the church is a powerful force in God's hand all over the world. Right? Uh, Jesus made it that way, and it's here for us to come together and worship, and spread God's word, and to prepare the world the world for His glorious return. Right? for Jesus when he comes back I mean he told Peter he said in uh, Matthew 16 18 he said I tell you you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and this is what he says he says and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it he's not talking about prevailing against Peter he's talking about the church right so we should be a force in this world individually we have all kinds of different gifts and personalities. And they all work together to build God's kingdom, right? We do all this for God's glory in his name. And put that first picture up. You ever seen this like on the Olympics or, or on TV where they're rowing and it just looks like a streamline, just perfectly matched, just gliding on top of the water when it's going through the water. I mean, that's kind of the idea of the church when it's working as it should. That's what it's supposed to look like, right? Every oar in the right place, every person in the right place. Unfortunately, a lot of churches look more like this. Did it work? Oh, really? It didn't come through. Well, anyways, there's a, it's like whitewater rafting, all right? You see this uh, whitewater rafting, you see, like, I'll give you an example. We were a youth group going on a whitewater rafting trip, and we were going down the Nanahala. We started out okay. Everybody's putting their paddle in at the wrong time, and the guy on the front of the boat is trying to tell us, Go this way, go that way, you paddle this way. And we're just all paddling out of order. And the next thing you know, we done turned the whole boat around. And we're backwards going down the first cliff like this. And I fall out on my head. And then here comes two or three others falling out. And by the time we got down the first cliff, there was nobody in the boat. That's what a lot of churches look like. We're not working together. There's no unity. Have you ever been in the middle of a church fight? Where everybody's arguing. Things are going on. I've been there. It's not fun. And you hear about things all the time. Them arguing about the thermostat or the color of carpet. Chairs or pews. Maybe they don't like the pastor. I hope we don't have that argument here or the music or all kinds of things but the church should be in unity and when it's not it should bother you because it bothers God it's his church and his bride and if we're divided it should bother you in your spirit because it bothers him Um, usually there's at least three results of this kind of disunity and that the first the, the three are people get hurt the name of Jesus is dishonored and unbelievers laugh and think we're crazy that's not a good testimony is it the church just looks like we're throwing everybody overboard and we're wondering why people don't want to come so many churches are focused on fighting over ridiculous things and we get caught up in that and we forget the main thing we forget that we're supposed to keep the main thing the main thing so what happens to the boat? starts rocking it goes over the hill backwards we start leaving people along in the water we don't get everybody together so when you're rowing the boat though when you're actually doing like that first picture and you're rowing in order you're not thinking about rocking the boat you don't have time do you you're thinking about keeping in line with each person on that boat and being in in precision and unity If there's ever been a time when we need that it's right now right rowing in unity and not throwing each other overboard well 15 gives us a picture of what the church looks like when things get focused and we get it together I'm gonna read 1 through 7 and I'm gonna skip to 13 so here's what it says we who are strong Ought to bear with the failings of the weak. Not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good. To build him up. For even Christ did not please himself. As it is written. The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through endurance and encouragement of the Spirit, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you spirit and unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus, so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Accept accept one another. Then... Just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. And I'll skip to 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now think about that passage for just a second. All these words that he uses to describe how the church should look. He uses things like build him up, like building us up together. Endurance, encouragement, he uses that a couple of times. Unity, one heart, bringing praise to God, overflowing with hope and the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that sound like things that you need in your life? Does that sound like how the church should be? both the church and personally that's the things we need so how do we keep rowing how do we stay in unity and not just drop the paddles or go down the 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 cliff the wrong way first thing we need to do is focus on other people he tells us right there in Romans 15:1 and 2 it says we who are strong He's talking spiritually, ought to bear with, and this is a Greek word to explain it, it's bastazo. It sounds like something you'd put on your sandwich, but it is a real word, it's a Greek word, and it means to lighten the load, to carry someone else. So look at the rest of that verse. The failing of the weak and have not to please ourselves. Some i back up. It says, we who are strong ought to bear the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. In other words, don't condemn. Help somebody. You see them falling out of the boat? Grab them. They're getting out. They, their paddle's getting all crossed up. Hey, let me help you. Left, right, left, right. Look at verse 2. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. Think about this scenario for a second. Who would you listen to more? Someone who focuses on what you're doing wrong, who always makes it about themselves and is always right, And we probably know people just like that. Or someone who focuses on what you need, always makes it about Jesus and not about them or you, and then shares with you what God would say is right. Who would you listen to more? The second person, right? That's building somebody up. That's what it's calling us to do. Philippians 2 3 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. What has he been saying for the last few chapters? To don't think too highly of yourself. To keep yourself in check. Well, how do we keep ourselves in check? We need to stay close to the cross. Romans 15, 3 says, For even Christ did not please himself, but... As it is written, the insults of those who insult have fallen on me. So where did those insults fall? They fell on Jesus. Where? At the cross. They fell on him. 1 Peter 2, 23 and 24 says, He did not retaliate when he was insulted, nor threaten revenge when he was suffering. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. He personally carried our sins in his body on the cross so that we can be dead to sin and live for what is right. There's just something about living close to the cross that gives us a different perspective on life. Close to the cross, if you're so close to the cross you die to yourself. But the further we get away, we make it more about ourselves. Think about it. If I've got this pen really close, I can see exactly what it's saying, and it looks pretty big in front of my face, right? But if I put it way over there, it's pretty small, isn't it? I can't read what's on it from over here. If we do that with the cross, what happens to us? If we get really close to the cross and we get really close and we're up close to the cross, all we're thinking about is Jesus and what he did for us. But the further we get away, the cross gets smaller. And we think, that happened a long time ago. That was over there. I'm, I'm over here now. He can't see what I'm doing. We make that space and then we make excuses. When I'm living close to the cross, I don't want to rock the boat. Because what does it do? It puts more insult on Jesus, not so much on me. So, how do we do that? How do we live close to to the cross? We need to keep our nose in the book. You know what book I'm talking about. Most of y'all got it open on your lap right now. If not, you're looking on the screen. It says Romans 15 4. For everyone that was written, or excuse me, for everything that was written in the past, that's like Old Testament, was written to teach us, so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures, that's the whole thing, the whole Bible, we might have hope, we might have hope, God's word gives us three things just from that verse alone. And when I, was, when I was reading over this and writing this, something came to mind. Like years ago, there used to be this commercial, and I don't even remember what it was for. But they were selling some book, and it would over and over go, Read the book. Read the book. And it would, like, in that commercial, it would say that like 20 times. Do you need to know, blah, blah, blah? Read the book. Do you need to feel better about this? Read the book. We need to read the book. Endurance. This is what we get from it. Endurance. Do you need strength to keep you going? Then read the book. Do you need encouragement? Are you discouraged about something? Then how do we fix that? We read the book. You can pray on top of that too. You need hope. If you're afraid of your future, what do you do? Read the book. Somebody should have made a commercial about the Bible instead of whatever the book that was. We need to read the Bible like someone's following us around all the time. Have you? I, I was I was thinking about this. Do you wake up in the morning and feel like I need to open my Bible? I need to pray do you wake up in the morning and feel that or later on in the day as the day has gone on do you feel that in your soul like "Mm, I didn't read today I didn't pray today do you feel that because we should we should feel that it should be something drawing us in if you don't feel that You need to talk to God about that. There's something that we need to write in our life if we don't feel that. That's how important this is. Because it came from the source and we need to remember the source. Romans 15, 5-6 says, May the God who gives, that God who gives, He's the source, He's the person you go to first, and He gives us... Endurance and encouragement. This is the second time in these in these verses that he said the same thing, because that's a powerful combination. Endurance keeps you going. You know how it feels when you don't feel like going, when you're just tired or you got too much going on, and you're just done. This is where this comes from. This is the source of endurance. Or encouragement, that's a word that I can barely say in Greek, but it's parakalesis, and it means to call near. That endurance is when you can't keep going, God comes alongside you and strengthens you and keeps you going. Sometimes we find that when we read our Bible, just like it said in verse 4, so that through endurance and encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Sometimes that happens in prayer. Or you just feel the Holy Spirit's presence there. And you feel that glory wait. And you get that encouragement. Or you get that endurance. Let's read it again. Romans 15, 16, five and 6 says. May the God who in- gives endurance and encouragement. Remember he's the source. And then look what happens. He gives you a spirit, that's a small s, of unity among yourselves as you follow Christ Jesus. And then this is the result, so that one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Imagine what the world would look like if we were unified like this. If church was unified, what would it look like? It says right there, it says, So that with one heart and with one mouth you may glorify God the Father. Now, one heart is one thing. But when you add in the mouth, that makes it even greater, right? There's a lot of crazy stuff that comes out of our mouths. And that usually comes from a broken heart. And this is telling us we need to bring it together. And one doesn't work right without the other. They need to be in unity too. A heart for God and a mouth for self is a contradiction. And a mouth for God and a heart for self is hypocritical. We've got to get them together. A heart that loves God and a mouth that speaks love for God always results in giving glory to God. Amen? And who did that best? Jesus. So who are we supposed to make our model of that? Jesus. In 15.7 it says, Accept one another then just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. It's easy for our flesh to um, not accept someone. It's easy for our flesh to think somebody doesn't deserve something. Well, they don't deserve forgiveness. Maybe for a number of things. We love to be judgmental and... And put that on somebody and not forgive them. And of anybody who ever walked this earth. Who had a right to be that way. It would have been Jesus, right? And what did he do? He accepted us and he forgave us when we didn't deserve it. He saw us all on the cross and yet he still gives us a chance. Philippians 2, 5 through 11 says. You must have the same attitude That Jesus Christ had though he was God he did not think of the equality of God as something to cling to instead he gave up his divine privilege he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in human form he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross therefore God elevated him to a place, to the place of highest honor, and gave him the name above all names. That at the, the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord to glorify of God, to glorify the God, our God the Father. Jesus is the exalted one. And he accepted us all. He forgave us all. So why don't we? I believe that most of us are all looking for that church with unity, that church that actually models God. the one that we say we serve. Let's be that church. Let's be that church of unity. And when we do, look what happens. This is what it looks like. We see unity, and this is what it looks like. Starting in verse 8. It says, For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed. And moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles. That's us. And I will sing the praises of your name. Again, I say it. Rejoice, you Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, you Gentiles. Let the people exalt him. And again, Isaiah says the root of Jesse will spring up, that's Jesus, one who will r- arise and rule over nations, in him the Gentiles will hope. He tells us to rejoice three times. And he's saying if we're in unity, we're going to be rejoicing together and praising God along the way. That these, we're going to be thanking God for the promises that he's given us. That as a church, we're going to rejoice in the goodness of God and the greatness that is Him. That's a telltale sign of a church that's in unity. It's not talking about us. It's talking about Jesus and what He did. It's not talking about the programs or the things that's going on. It's talking about the forgiveness and the grace that God has given us and allowed us to serve And be part of God's work here on earth. And when all that comes together, look at verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. So that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not just be filled, but overflow. That with that unity, we're supposed to be rejoicing in a way that we overflow with the Spirit to everyone. I want you to hear what he's saying here. He's telling us all these things that we talked about in the beginning. He's summing them all up in this one verse. In the very beginning, he used those words like building up, endurance and encouragement, unity, bringing praise to God, overflow of hope power in the Holy Spirit that's all the things that we say we want together as a church right and I'm not just speaking about the people within this church I'm talking about any church any church that says they come together under Jesus Christ and hold to his word as it says unity should happen we should rejoice in that we should be praise to him together And that should overflow. Our churches should overflow into our communities to show how much we love on people. That it goes beyond just us. But I'm asking you here today, and anybody that's watching online, maybe you need some of this today. Maybe you need some of this endurance. Maybe you need some of that encouragement today. Maybe you need the church to be the church. You know your heart and you know where you're at. You know the place you are in your life right now. Do you need endurance? Do you need Him to help you run the race? Do you need that encouragement that only God can give you? Church, we need to be the church. We need to lift each other up. We need to see those that are around us and help lift each other up. And show them that this overflow of hope comes from Jesus and only Jesus. Now I'm going to challenge you today. If you're in here today and you need encouragement, if you need endurance, if you felt like I said earlier, if you know you need to read the Word and something just gets in front of it and you need that encouragement to get you there, if you want that yearning in your heart, If you feel weak and you need help. It's okay. We all get there. And he knows it. That's why he puts it in here. Read the book. Do you need encouragement? Are you going through something? Do you need endurance to get to the other side of it? If you do, I want you to stand up today. Because this church is supposed to be praying over you. It is supposed to be creating unity to lift you up. You shouldn't come here and leave hopeless. You should come here and leave with hope. So what do you need today? I'm going to challenge you here in a minute because we're going to pray and he's going to play. And if you need help, let's get together around him. Let's stand up and let's pray together. That's what a church is supposed to do. We're supposed to get together and pray. We're supposed to lay hands on each other. We're supposed to come together and lift each other up. Let's do it today. We all need something. Let's get together in a church and pray. If you need it, while I'm praying, stand up. And for those that aren't, come around them. Let's pray. supposed to do. Let's look like we live in unity today. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for this day and thank you for letting us be here together, Lord. I ask for those that are needing endurance, that are needing encouragement, whatever they're going through, whether it's physical, whether it's some kind of pain, whether it's some kind of sickness or whatever that is, Lord they would just stand and ask for that help. Lord, if it's something spiritual or whatever it is that we're going through, we all need some encouragement. We all got stuff that we should come together and pray over. And we know you're here. Help us to be the church that prays. Help us to be the church that is in unity with you, that passes out this hope. Help us to lift lift each other up in hope today. Help us to be the church that we're called to be. And these people around that live out here close to us and around this community would know that. Not just for our church, but any church out here. That we would live and act as a church that is seeking unity in you. That passes out the hope that is only found in you. Thank you so much for this opportunity today. Thank you for for loving us enough that you go to the cross for us. And that you want us to come together and pray and lift each other up to you. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need it today, stand up. Stand up and I'm going to come to you and pray. It's not going to be a spectacle. This is what we're supposed to do. We'll spread out some more. This is what unity looks like. Us standing together. Lifting each other up. You so much. Thank you so much for this day. Thank you for what you're doing here. Lord, we ask for that encouragement. We ask for that unity. We ask for that endurance to run the race, to finish strong, to show your love to those around us, to be that example in and out of the church. Help us to pass that hope, not judgment. Help us to love on people as you called us to love. Help us to look at Jesus, look at your word, to read your book, to spend time with you, to yearn for that, to want that. Help us to love as you've called us to do. Lord, for each heart here, you know what's going on in each person's life. You know the ones that, what they need and how they need it. Whether it's physical or spiritual or whatever it is, Lord, you know how you need to work. We ask that your Holy Spirit come down strong and give us that endurance to run this race. That we would become closer to you in relationship. That we couldn't get through a day without opening your word and praying and spending time with you that we make that the main thing, that we keep it the main thing and at the center of our life. Help us to live in that unity that you called for us, Lord. And thank you for letting us be apart. part. For any heart here that doesn't know you or is not sure, Lord, I ask that they come to you humbly, seeking you, earnestly, whether it's online or in person, Lord they come to you and want to know who you are and want you to be the king of their heart and for those of us that recognize that we are a christian together and we live in that lord that we would honor you and not bring disrespect to you that we would love those around us as you've called us to thank you for this word thank you for this message Thank you for what the things that you gave to Paul to help us to understand that we need to be a church that lifts each other up. That we need to be rowing together and acting together in one accord. Help us not to rock the boat. Help us to come together under you. And thank you for that opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. Look around, this is what it looks like. That's unity. Let's do that, not just in here, but out of here. Amen. See. sounded good, church. You sounded in unity right there. (laughs) So think about it. What are we going to do this week? We're going to go out and love those people as he's called us to because he loved us first, right? And that love lifts us. Let's lift us together. If you got time today after, stay for the meeting real quick. Hopefully it will be pretty quick. Um, But if you don't, it's good to see you. Holler if you need something.